Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. And welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicke, and as always, I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Hello, Dave. Hello, Jess. Hello, Matt. Hello, Dave. Hello. We should figure out something something more consistent to do, because Dave is the same at the start of every oh, episode, okay. and every time he says, I'm sitting here with Jess and Matt, I'm always like, what am I going to say? Okay. We should think of something. We don't have to do it right now. I'm just saying. I mean, you've had 247 weeks. Okay. Yeah, well, you know, you can always grow, always learn. Focusing on the negative there, Dave. <laughs> Classic Dave. Yeah. Negative Nelly. Sorry. Middle I name Nelly. Uh, Mr. Word there, you've only had 247 weeks, so don't be hard on yourself. Yes, there we go. Because you're going to be alive for thousands of oh, weeks. I love this positive energy. Mm. Do you reckon I am? Yeah. You have already you already have been. Oh, my God. Look at me go. Mm, that's exciting. Hey, <laughs> speaking of being live... Yes. Yeah. That's good stuff. Thank That's you. great. What are you going? Keep it going. Keep it going. Well, I was, I was just really just hoping that up for you because you speak good. Uh, well, this weekend <laughs> we are kicking off our first of four live shows, weekly live shows that we're going to film 
and stream to the world via the internet. Mm. Filmed at Stupid Old Studios and you can get tickets at sospresents.com and uh, basically you get to see us do a live episode but then afterwards... We are also going to do either a quiz, a Q&A, or for our 250th episode the third week, we are doing a uh, 250th party. A birthday party, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's a birthday party in a way. Yeah. We'll have a uh, crossing live to special guests, all that sort of, well, I don't know if it's live, we'll be crossing to special guests and uh, <laughs> having uh, a lot of fun. And you can get tickets, like I said, at sospresents.com and you can also get uh, tickets to all four shows for the price of three. Ooh, a bajan. Ooh, a 25% saving, I believe. Mm. I think, oh, hang on. Yes. Oh, well, thank goodness. <laughs> that has uh, ch- checked out. So, please, <laughs> uh, buy tickets because it is a lot of fun. So much fun. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be great. So, you should get tickets and come along. Oh, last thing to say is that you can uh, watch live and you can comment along with other people, but you can also... The episodes are now going to be up forever, basically, this time. Yes. So if you want to watch it a week later because you've got stuff on, you can do that. The That's ticket fine. will stay open. If you want to watch it a year later, if you're listening to this in the year 2025... What? And you're like, oh, I would have liked to have seen that, you probably still can. You probably still can. And... um. You should do that. And hello in the future. <laughs> if planet Earth exists. Yeah, have you got a hover car? <gasps> well, should we crack on with the show, Matt? What is this show all about? Well, basically, uh, three obvious friends uh, meet each week to learn a little bit about something. Uh, one of the three <laughs> of us will go away after having a topic suggested, normally by a listener, and we'll just read up on it, we'll watch documentaries, we'll bathe in the knowledge of the topic, bring that knowledge back to the other two and tell them all about it while they rudely interrupt <laughs> and uh, <laughs> annoy new listeners. Uh, and this week, Dave is doing the topic, I believe, and it always starts with a question. What is this week's question, Dave? Well, my question to you two is the, well, basically, the question includes the title of the, the episode because you wouldn't get it. It's one of those ones. But okay. here we go. Well, you still have a shot at getting the question, though. Oh. And this one is very gettable. So, okay. hands on buzzers. Here we go. The Battle of Castle Itter has been dubbed one of the strangest battles of which war? Matt? Boar War. One of my favourite named wars, but no. Jess? Um, Star Wars. Crimean War. Second favourite named war. It's a great name, isn't it? Uh, One of the World Wars? It is, narrowing it down. Two. no. One. <laughs> no, it is two, but I was going to give it to Jess because <laughs> you had so many guesses, but Matt is right. <laughs> I wonder, that was like a my father. No. <laughs> Let Jess have a go. That's funny that we, I mean, I'm like, it won't be the obvious answer yeah. World War Two. I was like, it'll be one of those little wars. <laughs> yeah. No, it is World Star. War <laughs> <laughs> I, But if I had asked you, the Battle of which castle was dubbed the strangest battle of World War Two? I would have said Castle Itar. Yeah, of I course. Would have said it, I know this story incredibly well. I could do the report without even looking, but I guess I'll let you have a go then. Thank H- you. How do you spell itter? I T T E R. Itter. Love it. Love that. Tell us more. Well, this one has been suggested by a few people, also voted for by the Patreons. Mm-hmm. And if you want, if you are a Patreon supporter, you get to vote for two out of three topics. And not everyone exercises their their right to vote. And this one was again, even though there were hundreds of votes. Only one by a handful. Wow. Tight race. So get in there if you are a Patreon supporter. Uh, suggested by this topic, thanks so much to Zach from Buffalo, New York, Stuart from Edinburgh, Claire from Sacramento, all people that do not trust us with their last name. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I just that. say uh, go 
Bills go Hearts and go Kings. Wow. That's Sacramento Kings a team? Well, I thought, yeah. Don't that's look right. at me. Yeah. <laughs> well I done. I don't know. How about this one? We've got uh, two more people that did give us their full names. Uh, and what a name. Antonio Escutia Jr. Oh, my goodness. From Hanover Park, Illinois. Illinois. Uh, well, I know Chicago, Illinois, right? Is that wrong? Go Bulls. Yeah. Bills and Bulls all oh. at once. Hello, boys. Uh, and also this one, uh, another challenging one. George Chandler Magini. From Could he be any more Magini? <laughs> from Royal Lemington Spa. Oh, my God. That place oh sounds my delicious. Oh, my God. It sounds delicious <laughs> and, and Lemington. luxurious. Oh, my God. I love I want to be there. Ugh. I'm picturing it some sort of... Idyllic paradise. I'm picturing like high tea, but in a hot spring. Oh. Wow, that that, that's the perfect combo. So good. If they had a sports team, it would definitely be a polo team. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they don't play anything else there. Yeah. Yes, the horses do most of our sport over here. <laughs> Lost control of that a little bit. <laughs> uh, so thanks for the suggestions, team. All right, here we go. Castle Itter, known in German by the much cooler name of Schloss. Itter. Yes, Schloss. Schloss. Schloss Itter. It's a small castle located in the Austrian Alps atop a 666 metre or 2100 foot hill. So you've got to imagine rolling hills, the beautiful Austrian countryside. The sound of music. Sa- basically, it's the sound of music all over again. With a big castle in it. A little castle. A little. I mean, you say little castle. Comparatively. Sure. Compared, okay. A little castle. It's just a small castle. It's only got 18 bedrooms. <laughs> no, it's a two-bedroom, one bath. <laughs> <laughs> That's like my house. No. Is my house a castle? My, yeah, I'm, I live in a castle. Every oh. man's house is a castle, or whatever that <laughs> saying is. A man's house is his castle? Yeah. Not a yeah. woman's. No, God, no. There's a palaces. My husband's house is a castle <laughs> I'm allowed to stay in. <laughs> so it's a beautiful location for the strangest battle of the Second World War. Uh, Castle Itter itself dates back as a fortress to at least the 13th century. Small fortress. Small fortress. Uh, it was rebuilt in 1532, renovated in 1878 in on what I can only imagine was an episode of Escape to the Country. Do you think fortress is a lady fort? <laughs> <laughs> like princess. <laughs> Pr- princess. Duchess. Fortress. Anything with S on the end makes it a lady version. E-double-S, like Jess. Huh. <gasps> You're a Lady J. <laughs> I'm a Lady J. Your nickname, Lady J. <laughs> no, you're a Lady J. Oh. No, E-double-S. So, Lady oh, okay. J. <laughs> fortress. Sorry, it's nice all I could think Dave. when you said fortress, so I didn't hear the rest of that sentence. Uh, it was renovated in 1878. Yes. Escape to the country, yes. And it actually did become an escape to the country because they always want Airbnb uh, B&B facilities, as we talk about here, <laughs> off mic. But that, that dream came true because it... Became a hotel in the early 20th century. Oh, wow. But then came the war for the second time. Austria was annexed, aka occupied, by the Nazis in 1938. And in 1940, Castle Itter was rented out to the German government. It was originally used by the Germans for Adolf Hitler's anti-smoking campaign. What? Okay. Why did you need a castle for that? Well, they needed headquarters somewhere. Jeez. So they they used a castle. Isn't that amazing? It feels like they really lost... The Nazis weren't great budgeters. No. You know? We'd, use, we'd have a scout hall or something. <laughs> yeah. You know? Anti-smoking, you know, obviously, they've yeah, the budgets have ballooned out. It's one of the worst things about the, the whole uh, Nazi thing was their, um, they just didn't use funds well. Oh, yeah. The, the overheads were awful. Yeah. The brief info I could find about this was that they used the uh, castle to print flyers and things for the anti-smoking campaign, which, of course, you need a castle for. Just yeah, you get the butler to do it. They just got a bunch of printers. 
Yeah. Went out down to Officeworks. Said, how many printers you got? Bought half the shop. We'll take that. Buddy, Steve Jobs started Apple out of a shed. Yeah. Hitler. What, your anti-smoking campaign is in a fucking castle. Come on, mate. This guy's ridiculous. You've absolutely lost it. I think we've said it before, and I'm willing to say it again. Hitler's a bitch. Yeah, he is a bitch. He's a you bitch. You know what? If I had a time machine, I'd go back and I would get baby Hitler mm. and I'd teach him about budgeting. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Teach him to smoke. <laughs> that would have changed everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to have to smoke this entire pack. <laughs> I'm only one. Uh, in 1943, the castle came under the control of uh, the infamous Dachau concentration camp. Dachau was located 90 miles or 145 kilometres away and was uh, intended to hold political prisoners, but over 40,000 people were murdered there. A truly, truly fuck. horrifying... Fuck. What? Fine, How many? 40,000. Fucking hell. Fuck. Truly horrifying place to be. But Castle Itter, which was under the administrative control of Dachau, was a long way away, but under the same people, mm-hmm. it was made into a special detention facility run by the SS, the foremost agency of security, surveillance and terror within Germany and its occupied countries. They're really bad, but also it's two ladies, SS, isn't it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and they were bad. Two bad ladies. Two bad SS. ladies. <laughs> it's like a fucked up bingo. <laughs> 88, two bad ladies. Two bad ladies. <laughs> no, that's SS. Okay. All right. <laughs> Righto, Beryl. Uh, the castle had high medieval walls, was surrounded by steep ravines, as well as a dry moat that was crossed only by a small bridge and had a virtually impenetrable gatehouse. This meant it was a perfect place to make an escape-proof fortress. Ooh. An even better place to have an anti-smoking campaign <laughs> headquartered. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've got to keep the smoke out. They're still they're still doing they're still working on the anti smoking campaign while they've got people prisoner there. It's a bit it's a castle. Okay. There's yeah, space. There's they use the West Wing. Mm. It's a small castle. Yeah. It's a small amount of space. <laughs> the second bedroom was the prison. Yeah. The first bedroom anti smoking campaign. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, with its escape proof status, it was designated as a place for prisoners who had potential value as hostages. High-profile people that you wanted to keep an eye on and who were worth more to you alive than dead. Right. People you could use to negotiate with the enemy. Yep. Which, as the war seemed to be coming to an end for the Germans, seemed like it was increasing in likelihood. Yeah, okay. And because of their high-profile statuses, high-profile prisons, the inmates experienced, for the most part, a prison that was better than most run by the Nazis, especially the neighbouring Dachau. The POWs it housed slept in 20 converted guest rooms. They had food cooked for them, were given cigarettes in the ex-anti-smoking place. Oh, my place. God. The irony. Can you believe that? They were given wine, could listen to local radio, were allowed free access to the castle library and could exercise in the courtyard. That sounds quite nice. Hmm. The women could even get their hair done. Get out of town. There was a salon. And all prisoners were allowed to go to the local church service outside the castle. Oh, wow. Okay. okay impenetrable. <laughs> <laughs> Except on Sundays. <laughs> Uh, most of these high-profile prisoners were from France. Uh, these are a few of the inmates. And we'll attempt some French names here. Wish me luck. Oui. First of all, we have former French Prime Minister, Edouard Daladier, who was the Prime Minister at the start of World War II. He'd even signed treaties with Neville Chamberlain, Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini in the late 1930s, but resigned a year into the war. When France was also annexed by the Germans, he was arrested. Wow. So you got your former country's leader. His replacement prime minister was Paul Reynaud, 
who was also arrested and imprisoned Whoa. in Castle Itter. Wow. He had tried to flee France with his mistress, Helene Deport. Quoting from Wikipedia here, because I like the writing there. I <laughs> couldn't believe the writing that he used. This is uh, describing his lover, Helene. Okay. A fascist sympathizer. She was, she was very unpopular. She was described as a middle-aged woman with a shrill voice and a clamorous, demanding manner who chatted like a magpie and lost her temper with ease. Charles de Gaulle called her a turkey, whilst Winston Churchill nicknamed her the parrot. <laughs> Is that a bird? <laughs> no, sorry, I don't Metaphors, know how, how bird-like she was. Because wow. the magpies have a beautiful voice. I love listening to the magpies warble. warble in the morning. Love it. Do you think it sounds like, you know that uh, time Homer was in the jury and he had the fake glasses to make it look like he wasn't sleeping, like his eyes were open? <laughs> so Homer, this is a meme I've just created in my mind. Homer <laughs> is France. Okay, Homer's France. Okay. Yes. The first set of glasses are the first prime minister and the Nazis take them off him and say, take them off. <laughs> so in the second pair of glasses, the second prime minister and then the Nazis go, we'll take them as well. Huh? Yeah. Think that could go viral. <laughs> I can't believe I've never been near someone as they've created a meme. That was a viral thrilling. meme. Yeah. A viral <laughs> meme. That's going to go big. I, I'm going to be interviewed in the doco about yeah. this this viral meme. Yeah, you were there. Grand <laughs> I was four. there. And uh, audibly created a meme too. Not like, hey, check this out. I just made it. You know, audibly created well, a viral I'm meme. I'm assuming someone out there will do the... The easy bit. But I've you done get the hard credit. work. You get the credit. Of thinking of the yeah. If I've they even think about taking a shred of your credit. No, I'm happy to co co create. No. They can put uh, by Matt Stewart and Dominique Switzen Swats or whatever mm-hmm. their name will be. I suppose it'll be something like that. I would assume so. Yeah, Dominique Switzen Swats. Do have some incredible names of people that listen to the show. Like Dominique Switzen Swats. Uh, so, with German army approaching, uh, former Prime Minister Reno, who eventually would get captured, and Helene, the parrot, tried to flee by car, but they crashed, which uh, almost decapitated her. Oh, my God. So, she died instantly. Reno oh, fuck. <laughs> when you say almost decapitated, I'm like, phew, that was a close yeah. call. Then you're like, so she's dead. <laughs> Makes it a bit harder for me to do any sort of jokes about that. Yeah. I bet I mean, like, what part of almost decapitating? And then you go, well, you just well, you it, just duck, it, you duck it, under something. Oh, right. I was imagining like... It didn't quite cut through the whole yeah. way. Oh, my God. That's great. Yuck. That's uh, awful. She's gone. Reno himself was hospitalised and arrested on discharge and eventually found himself in Castle Itter. So right. now you have two successive prime ministers locked in a small castle together. Wow. Also held at the castle was former supreme commanders of the French armed forces, Maxime Weygand and Maurice Gamelin. So they're both men that were in charge of the army. Like yeah, the wow. two highest ranking military people France had at the time, both in there as well. There's trade union leader and future Nobel Peace Prize winner, Leon Zhu, was there. This is quite a group of people. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't Some it? big names. Uh, Marie-Agnes de Gaulle, a resistance fighter and sister of Charles de Gaulle, who was at the time the leader of France in exile during World War II. <laughs> Part of me just then was like, de Gaulle... That rings a bell. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. So he was the biggest dog in France. No wonder they were happy to capture his sister. Oh, he was, a big, he was a dog. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. So well, there's we got a parrot. Now there's a, <laughs> a dog. A big, not a dog, a big dog. A big dog. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's why they named a, an airport or a train station after him. Yeah, big dog airport. so big, yeah. Big, big dog, dog international airport. airport. Yeah. I've flown in there. Where the big dogs fly. <laughs> 
Uh, so she's in there, and uh, she was the only reason that her brother was still around at all during World War One, because Marie herself was responsible for the evacuation of her brother, then Lieutenant de Gaulle, who was badly injured in the war. She saved him by assaulting the opposing trenches. So she oh. got right in there. Wow. She was a badass. Is de Gaulle maybe, is the de Gaulle airport or train station named after the family or after? No, I think it's called Charles, Charles de Gaulle, de Gaulle International yeah. Airport. Yeah, so he's a very, very famous uh, Frenchman. Charles de Gaulle, Big Dog Airport. Yeah. Uh, so now you've got two ex-Prime Ministers, two former French army heads and also the leader of the actual... So the two former French army heads, they were decapitated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. R- went right through. Went right through. <laughs> I hurt my eyes then when I rolled them back. <laughs> I rolled them back so far that they hurt my eyes. <laughs> I mean, that's instant karma. I've yeah. ever heard of it. <laughs> it did look painful. <laughs> it did. Uh, so these are mostly military and uh, political people so far, but also an inmate was Jean Barotra, who mm. was a legendary French tennis player, oh. part of the so-called Four Musketeers, four French players who dominated tennis in the 20s and 30s. A bit like the big four today, Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, Murray. They dominated the game for years and won 20 Grand Slam titles, and 23 Grand Slam doubles between them. Jean was the uh, oldest of the four and was known as the Bounding Basque. Oh, I'm loving all of this. I know, two nicknames already. He won four Grand Slam singles titles in the French, Australian and All England Championships and uh, achieved a high rank of number two in the world. He was a big tennis star. Couldn't hack it in America though. Won three of the four. I think you made the final in America. So close to doing the Grand Slam. Grand Slam. Grand Slam. (laughs) That's what they called it back then. Yeah. Well, that's how they got the name. They used to win the uh, vanquished glands. <laughs> they would cut them out of them and wear them as a scarf. Yeah. I don't know what a gland looks <laughs> like, how much work it would take to make a gland into a scarf, but it's a different if time. You get so. enough, you get enough glands, yeah. you can make anything. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Always said that. That's the right attitude. <laughs> uh, so this is the tennis player. In 1942, at the age of 44, uh, Barotra was arrested by the Gestapo and he was first deported to a concentration camp. But then he was transported to Castle Itter, not because of his fame as a tennis player, but because he'd served briefly in the French government in the sports slash recreation portfolio. Oh, okay. So he was, yeah, okay. So they were like, oh, he's a government guy, valuable enough to keep alive in the castle. There are a few of the main players in the castle, but there are others. Uh, some of the wives, girlfriends, and sec- uh, secretaries of the POWs were imprisoned in the castle along with their partners and bosses, including our tennis playing friend Jean's wife. She was also imprisoned with him. And because... The POWs came from all sides of French politics. Many were rivals who hated each other. Real, even when you're in prison, can you just drop it? They could not. Wow. Especially the two former prime ministers who were on opposite sides of politics. Okay. It was like locking up Obama and Trump together. Right. Two men, opposite sides of politics, and they very much dislike each other personally and politically. Okay. The prime ministers hated each other. They also hated... Another prisoner, General Weigand, because he'd been in charge of the French army when they surrendered to the Germans in 1940 and allowed Hitler to take over the country. So they hate each other, but then they also, together as a team, hate this general. Oh, they thought he should have stuck it out stuck a bit it longer. Out, yeah. I think he tried to enter a bit of a treaty type thing, and then they were, and then I think once Germany had the power, they were like, well, I'm going to arrest you now. Right. It's yeah. It's like he didn't realise the Nazis were all that bad. Yeah. Not to be trusted. Mm. Uh, the but I guess uh, to them, were the, I, the Nazis were already known as being 
like the Nazis even then, right? Yeah, well, they'd already invaded and there was a, there's those, that weird early time where it was like the world didn't know, and there's photos of you know, like didn't Churchill de- dealt with him, and the the uh, English uh, the Queen current Queen was doing Nazi salutes for fun and stuff because it what didn't represent evil yet. Yeah, it's but a she, wild, what a wild definitely as a child you're saying that right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't there a photo of her as a child? Yeah, maybe. Like or a, maybe it's her siblings maybe or something. A video of but it's just a wild. It's a wild because you know you think a Nazi means evil, but as a, as they were coming up, it obviously wasn't super clear straight away. Even though it feels like there were a few signs. <laughs> yeah. But as they were marching on into Paris <laughs> to take it over, I think it was pretty. They were like. Let's see what where they no, go no, with this. Let's see what, let's see what they have to nice. say. They might have some nice ideas. They might just want to pay their respects to the Mona Lisa and they might keep going. Maybe they've brought cake. Yeah. You haven't brought cake. All right. Well, maybe this wasn't a good idea. Oh, no. We thought they might have had some Black Forest cake. God, I love a bit of Black Forest. Oh, You've got a red velvet in there. That's my fave. <gasps> Cheesecake for me. Mm. Uh, the prisoners formed groups based on their political views and stuck to them often being more at odds with each other than with their German captors. They ate at separate tables, so it was all very mean girls in there. <laughs> There's different cliques. That's what you have to understand. Apparently, yeah, there was, there was th- three cliques, I, be- I believe. Three main cliques. There was the two political prime ministers in there, the people that were on either of their sides, and then there was a third group that weren't liked by either of them. <laughs> Which, the goths, for example. <laughs> Sort of sounds like our podcast <laughs> when we go to a cafeteria. Each of our three clicks sit at a different table. I'm the goth. <laughs> <laughs> you look great in eye makeup. <laughs> um, so there was also one Yugoslav political prisoner named uh, Zunomir Kukovic. Uh, thankfully for me, known among the prisoners as Andre. Great. Well, from here out, be referring to him as Andre. So I would have called him the kook. Yeah, big time. Kukovic. 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 Love that. Yeah, I'd call him the kook. Yeah, the kook. That's a great Captain nickname. Captain Kook, maybe. Oh, very good. Like Kirk, I suppose. Or Hook. Yes. Or Cook. There's a lot of captains in that world. Oh, I love The four-letter ending with K world. Yeah. Did you say Kirk yet? Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, where we began. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I've just been Did uh, you think you thought of that? Does your inner monologue sound like Jess? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was trying to... I was looking at a, an upcoming word that I'm like... Oh. I think I've worked out a way to not say it. (laughs) Um, Love that. Love that quick uh, on-the-fly edit of, oh, too hard. Too hard. And then the de-packing of it before we even get into it. Yeah, the big run-up to it. (laughs) Here we go. Uh, So Andre had been transferred. This is the uh, political prisoner from Yugoslavia. The kook. uh, As was known. Mm. Uh, He's been uh, transferred from uh, Dachau, the much worse concentration camp, to work as an electrician for the castle. Oh, so, yeah, so... Massive upgrade. He's also getting yeah. an income now. Right. So that's oh, good. They, they give him pa- a van. I doubt they were paying him. Does yeah. he have a van? Yeah, they got him for van. Does he have an ABN? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fill that out. <laughs> Who's doing his bass? Oh, yeah. Ta- I mean, that's the thing. Now he's got... He, maybe he's he's got maybe. a better gig, but he's got to work out his tax. <laughs> <and all laughs> like yeah. We've got a computer in the corner with MIOB. <laughs> <laughs> Accounting software. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> One of the big two. But there's new players in town. Mm. Zero's there now. Yeah. Used to be all about MYOB and what's the other one? Oh, I forget. MYOC? I did accounting in high school. <laughs> Been a while. Excel. Spreadsheet. No. 
Was it? No. Not funny. I think of what it was. A jagger. All right. Uh, so we'll talk a bit more about Andre later. I just wanted to introduce you to our, our good friend Andre. I love him. The he's electrician. Got a, he's got a part in this story. Don't you worry about that, Andre. Uh, and as for the German side of things, uh, Sebastian Wimmer, or Wimmer, of the uh, SS was given command of the prison. And he was also given 25 people to guard the castle. Okay. These were all men who had previously guarded concentration camps, and even they were glad to be away from the horrors of the death camps. Yeah, I bet. Even if they were the ones inflicting the death. Yeah, yeah, okay. Never really thought about it from that point of view either, hey? Yeah, I, I, I was watching an interview with a historian talking about how even for them, because at this castle, it's quite nice, but even when they're at the concentration camp, they're surrounded by it. There's no way to get away from it. Even yeah. if you are on the oppressive side. Yeah, that'd be... Which I also had never thought of, but still... Fuck those guys. Oh, big time. But, you know, I'd never really thought about... That wouldn't be a very nice job, would it? Arguably. What's that? Um, being a guard at a concentration camp. No, that would fucking suck. Yeah. Uh, and these were but all... I'd say... Hear me out. Mm-hmm. It would be even worse to be inside the concentration camp. I... Well, yep. I reckon you're right there. QuickBooks was the other one. <laughs> Moving on. Did you look it up? Yes. <laughs> That was the one I learnt in year 12 as well. Oh, wow. Well, so I've just given... That's all the, the, the players in this story. Okay. It's a, it's a real rabble of uh, the who's who of French political life and military life. Yeah. And they're all in there squabbling about... And this, this went on for a couple of years. That, that's just their way of life now. And a few of them have got their wives in there. Secretaries is confusing. Yeah. Well, if I'm going, she's got to come with me because I, I can't keep track of anything. This, and so, you know, this is normally the setup in the film where it's a ragtag band, but this yeah. is like whatever the opposite of ragtag is. It's a tag silk rag. tag. I was going to say tag rag. Tag rag. Tag rag. What did you say? Silk silk tag. Silk tag. Instead of a rag tag. It's a silk. It's a beautiful fabric. Hanky tag. But it's, yeah, it's like, it feels, but not necessarily all that many, if they're they're making the big escape... It's not like, oh, they've got all the skills covered like in a, yeah. in a heist film. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We need a guy that can do backflips. How about someone who knows how to um, talk to ambassadors from other countries? Yeah. <laughs> Is that going to be important here? <laughs> well, I've got a secretary. The electrician so, uh, might be handy. Yeah, yeah well, he, let me just tell you that the uh, two most important people in the story are not the political people. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Funny that. Somehow. Hey, obviously no, they've got practical skills too. And being president is not their value. But mm. it sounds like they maybe don't have any values in terms of getting out of a castle. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So life went on like this for a couple of years. The prisoners just squabbled with each other daily and got used to their monotonous routine. But they noticed that life began to change in 1944 and even more so in 1945. Food became more scarce for both the guards and the prisoners, as did fuel for the generators. Okay. Started using, doing a lot more stuff by candlelight. The French captives took the lack of supplies as a sign that the Germans were losing the war outside the walls, but began to worry what would happen to them. Maybe they would no longer be worth more alive than dead. Yeah. You can't afford to feed your own people. Why are you going to keep sending yeah. stuff to these fat cats? The truth was, outside the castle, by early 1945... Nazi Germany was on the verge of total military collapse. The Soviet army had retaken Poland and were closing in on Berlin. Hitler retreated to his bunker in Berlin in January 1945 and on April 30th, with the Soviets less than 500 metres away, 
and knowing all was lost, he shot and killed himself April 30th, 1945. Hmm. During the weeks leading up to this time, Castle Itter had become a stopover for SS guards who were fleeing, often with stolen loot. Edward uh, Vita, who was then in charge of the Dachau death camp, who was a horrific person, arrived one night, bragged about, oh, I've just executed a lot of people, and then killed himself too. And that's when everyone's looking around going, what the hell's happening out there? Right. Panicking. Mm. A few days later, the guy in charge of Castle Itter, Sebastian Wimmer, saw this and was like, oh, fuck this, I'm out of here. So he and his wife ran away on May 4th. And his 25 guards saw this and were like, well, fuck it, we're out of here too. So they all left, leaving the French prisoners alone in the castle. And you're like, great, the war's ending, they're free to go, just go home. But it's not that simple. There were still SS units in the area surrounding the castle. Uh. So there's forests and stuff all around the castle, a few towns, and the SS could be anywhere. They were the Nazi diehards, people that were going to fight until the bitter end and who'd been ordered to kill thousands of prisoners to cover up the atrocities that Mm. the regime had inflicted. Uh, There's stories of the local Austrians and villagers who were not a fan of the Nazis when they came in and now they're seeing them collapse. They're like, this is good. They're hoisting white flags, hoping to be liberated by American soldiers when they come through, only for small groups of SS to get there and hang these civilians on light poles to to crush any, any early surrenders. Oh, that is... I don't know why that... Everything's been brutal, but that is fucking yeah, fucked. Because they're worried... I think the these Austrian locals are worried that the Americans will come through and also treat them harshly because yeah. they're seen as collaborators. But yeah. really, they're like, oh, we never liked them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please save us. Yeah, I'm just a baker. Oh, bloody hell. Uh, inside the castle, they knew it was too risky to make a break for it and also that they probably didn't have enough time to wait to be liberated. They'd have to at least defend themselves. So they broke into the weapons room of the now deserted castle and armed themselves with pistols, rifles, and even a few submachine guns. Has the has the chef gone as well? Now they've got to feed themselves. <laughs> that is absolute horseshit. Oh my god! I've grown accustomed to a certain lifestyle in prison, hmm? and now you just up and go. Where where's your obligation? Where's your four weeks' notice? <laughs> yeah, where's the librarian? I've been in line for a few hours <laughs> trying to check out this book here. Hmm? Where's the hairdresser? <laughs> I've got regrowth. I look terrible. <laughs> well, if I'm going to be captured again, I want to look good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the four men that especially hated each other, our former prime ministers and two army commanders, had to put aside their differences and come up with a plan to survive. Mm. So finally, they've shut the fuck up. Have to work together. Uh, this is when they turn to everyone's favourite electrician turned political prisoner, Andre. Andre. The kook. The kook. The kook. He volunteered to go and get help. So he took a letter in French and English that outlined the plight of the castle and managed to slip away on the pretense of running an errand. Because he was able to travel more easily as he was an electrician. Yeah, so he had his yeah. van. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had a van. 1-800-Dollar-Sparky. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone saw him and went, ah, oh, good. We needed, some, we needed an electrician. Yeah. Sparky's here. Very good. On your way, sir. So he had an excuse if he got stopped by the Germans. Oh, I'm just going for an errand. But having said that, if they found the letters on him, they would have shot him then and there. So he's also risking his life. Yeah. With that in mind, he stole the bicycle and rode into town. Okay, so he doesn't have a van. No. Well. No, he does. <laughs> just wanted to, you know, pedal bit it out a bit. Incidental exercise as well. I get that. <laughs> uh, he was very lucky to come across Major Sepp Gangle. Stop oh it. Goodness. Sepp. 
Gangle. Fantastic. Sep is good. Gangle is incredible. Gangle. Gangle. That sounds like some kind of um, like a like a little uh, a gadget, you know, a gangle. I was thinking it sounds like something you don't want to catch. No, it sounds it's got a positive ring to me. Yeah, gangle. Gangle, like a gadget, a positive. Like a dongle, you know. Sounds like gangle. (laughs) Or maybe something you'd call your balls. Gangles. Yeah, dang, yeah, dang my dangly gangles. Yeah. Once something's gone wrong. Tip me in the gangles. <laughs> you know, oh, that's a bit of fun. Oh, my gangoolies. Yeah. <laughs> my gangoolies. <laughs> my gangoolies. <laughs> there we go. Finally I knew we'd sense. get there eventually. Yeah. <laughs> so, our Andre, our bike riding electrician, comes across Major Sepp Gangle of the Wehrmacht, which was the unified forces of the German army, which on paper doesn't sound like someone you want to run into. But unlike the diehard SS soldiers... Lots of the Wehrmacht by the end of the war were conscripts and they didn't necessarily want to keep fighting a war that they were certain that any day now they're about to lose. I, did, I also heard a historian say that these people were scared that they did not want... You don't want to be the last person killed in a battle because it's like you were so, so close yeah, to... Yeah, okay, yep. Everyone, imagine that. Bang, shot that guy. All right, we surrender. You'd be like, fuck off. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I was that close. You're saying that, what, as a ghost hovering above your body? Oh, right. Oh, fantastic. Or just like you've just been kneecapped or something. You're like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Sepp Gangle, he wasn't a conscript, however. He was a career member of the Wehrmacht, having been a soldier since 1935. But when the orders came through to shoot every male member of a household that waved a white flag... He and his men stayed in the town to protect the people from these reprisals and at the same time ignored an order to withdraw. He was wow. like, we are not doing that. So he'd already defied his command with Andre when Andre rode up to him and told him of the French former political prisoners uh, trapped in the castle. Whether Sepp saw this as an opportunity to help some high-ranking French people and make himself and his unit look good or if he just wanted to help people, it's unclear. But he Hey, did bit of column A, bit yeah, of column exactly. B. Nothing wrong with, you know, doing the right thing and also there being a bit of, of a gain That's to right. it. And I already do like this guy because he had... Sepp Gangle, yes. Name Sepp Gangle and he protected these Austrian people from yeah. a needless death. So he agreed to help. The only problem was he only had about 20 soldiers left who were loyal to him and he didn't feel like this was enough to liberate and then protect an entire castle. So Gangle, a German guy wanting to help, grabbed a giant white flag and approached the closest battalion of American soldiers who were the 23rd Tank Battalion of the US 12th Armoured Division, led by Captain Jack Lee. Well, I thought it was going to be Sparrow. So, honestly, Lee is a little disappointing. <laughs> oh, I don't want to let you down because this guy's cool. Jack Lee. Jack Lee. Yeah, that's a pretty underwhelming name. Oh. Jack Lee. That's solid. Jack Lee. Jack Lee. A proud New Yorker. I mean, I'm sure Jack's great. I'm sure I'll grow to love his name. Yeah. But... Jack right now, I'm Jack. not impressed. Oh, Jack solid. The so jackknife. Okay. Now I'm listening. <laughs> Jackhammer? Jackhammer, the hammer. Oh, yeah. The hammer of peace. <laughs> okay. Hmm. He's not a hammer of peace, this guy. <laughs> Tell me more about Jack Lee. Well, uh, uh, Sepp Gangle explained his plight to Jack Lee. Um, and, you know, minutes before this, they were bitter enemies. Yeah. And American people. But being a pretty gung-ho guy, Jack heard the story and he agreed to help lead a rescue mission. But, I mean, this is a guy approaching you from the enemy. Would you not sort of have the thought that maybe it's a setup? Oh. Apparently, he waved a white flag, spoke to a, a subordinate, like a low-ranking person, and the guy's like, 
we've got to tell the boss this story. Yeah. <laughs> There's two former prime ministers over there. Yeah. Goes up to Jack's like, all right, I'll hear this guy out. And then they brought him in. Yeah, and okay. And he was like, all right, I like you. I'm going to help you. Hmm. So he organised four M4 German uh, Sherman tanks, sorry, and some soldiers to man them. And uh, combined with Gangle's soldiers, they now had about 36 men. Okay. Okay. And some tanks. And some tanks. In terms of it being a setup, you'd think like as the like their war efforts falling apart, they probably don't have time to do um, pranks. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah. It's probably a bit pointless. It's not. It's not enough <laughs> to win. Yeah. 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 Go there and. Like, put a banana peel down and watch yeah. Jack Lee fall over. No, watch a tank fall over. <laughs> <laughs> Suck on that tank. They can go through anything except bananas. Bananas. They'll slip and slide all over the It's their kryptonite. It's crazy. The whole tank flips. <laughs> Tank's on its lid now. It's crazy. No. Good luck getting out of there. Is there an emergency door underneath? Yeah, if it's well built. Because <laughs> I are know bananas Shermans, are about. Are these Shermans well built? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, there's probably a little safety door. That's good. So they're ready to lead a rescue mission. Dave, can I... Do you mind if I interrupt you right there? Well, I mean, we're about to do a sweet kick-ass rescue mission, but yeah. you must. This right feels on, like the perfect there's gonna time. There's going to be a rescue mission. Jess, what are you trying to make, a cliffhanger scenario? Well, I just... I, I wanted to talk to you guys about something. Okay. <laughs> Let's hear her out, <laughs> I'm but I'm not sure. Mic's up? Mic's down. How personal is this? Oh, mic's up. Okay. So the other day, right, I was having a, I was Googling some stuff on, on Google, on my computer, on, on my laptop that okay. I own. Um, and I was sort of thinking, this isn't exactly stuff that I want other people to see on my screen. You know what I mean? Oh. Okay. Read into that what you will. All right. And now I know what you're thinking. Just, just pop it in incognito mode. Yeah, surely, surely you did that. Well, let me tell you something. Incognito, incognito mode. Doesn't hide your activity. What? What's the point of it then? Uh, uh, very little. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history. Your internet service provider, iinet, can see everything that you're looking at. I'm just using iinet's mine, for example. How did you know I use iinet? <laughs> are you are you from iinet? Yeah, and I know what you've been looking up, mate. Oh no! How can I stop that? Well, that's why even when I'm at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. Well, that makes. Sense. I was going to say, Dave. I don't know why you're so surprised. We've been sponsored by ExpressVPN <laughs> a few times. Now. When are you going to get the message? Well, I I didn't realize that that's what they did. But I am very lucky that mm. I've been using. I researched this report using ExpressVPN. Thank you. That's real good, Dave. Uh, did you know that ExpressVPN is an app that, re- that reroutes your internet connection through their secure service so your ISP can't see the sites you visit? They also keep all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Guys, it doesn't matter if you get your internet from Verizon or Comcast or any other internet service provider. IONet. Dodo. Y- yes. Telstra. Optus. All these things and more. And if you're using any of those in the US, did you know they can legally sell your information to ad companies? What? I know, that's no good. But if you use ExpressVPN, it locks those bastards out. Mm-hmm. Get out of here, you dogs. <laughs> so protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Visit our exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash do go on, and you can get extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash do go on. Three months out of a year, that was that. that's like 50% or more. That's great. That's huge. Wow. 
Thank you, ExpressVPN. Now back to my report that I'm reading on a laptop using ExpressVPN. <gasps> Full circle. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So the reinforcements are on the way to liberate this castle. And uh, they've got, they had four tanks. They dropped off a couple along the way to help protect the entrance to an Austrian city. They're sharing the tanks around. And then they headed to the castle. They had to cross a bridge wired with explosives and encountered some SS men on the way who were setting up a roadblock who were like, what the fuck, when a <laughs> tank came around the corner. Far out. And the men on top opened fire uh, and the, these soldiers just ran into the forest. Right. So, so they decided, there's just a few SS men, they... Sussed out and went, there's like 30 of them and a few tanks. We probably can't take them. Oh, no, they, they did take them, yeah. Oh, no, the SS men were yeah, like, Yeah, the SS oh. were like, let's run, I reckon. They were just caught by surprise because I think it was around a bend I was literally reading and then the tank comes around and they're like, you know, you know you'd hear it a little bit, but I suppose they come around and they've got men on top with machine guns plus the tank's gun and yeah. they're like, nah. Nah. I'm I mean, the war's not worth it anymore. <laughs> uh, by the time they got to the castle, they only had one functioning tank. So you're down from four to one tank. And they had to carefully back it, reverse it, yep. over the rickety bridge in beep, front of the castle. We've got four guys on each side yeah. just going a little, little bit, a little bit this way. Yep. Unless you're driving a Jess and just <laughs> no need. whoosh straight in. <laughs> I'd say get out of the way, boys. <laughs> I got this. Oh, well, I mean, it's the only time you'd be scared to park a tank. Any other time you're like, well, I'm coming off. I'm coming off better than anything else here. But they had to do it over a rickety bridge. They weren't sure if it would hold and uh, it had a steep ravine underneath it. Oh, my so God. That's scary, though. No, that that'd be awful. Just leave the tank there. Lock it. Mm. Like, take the keys mm-hmm. with you. I don't know why the roadrunner's there. Remember but why you, where you parked it uh, and then just wander in. Where I park in front of Castle Litter. Okay, yep, yep. <laughs> Got that. I'd rickety just bridge, yes. Build a little ramp and just jump the ravine. Yes. <laughs> that would have been sick. How fast can tanks go? 
Pretty quick, I reckon. Yeah. Can they? Especially these days. My God. Cool. Yeah. But they do flip easily. Yeah. Banana peels. <laughs> Everyone's got a kryptonite. <laughs> yeah. So they made it to the castle and inside at first the French VIPs who were stoked to have some help arrive. They're like, finally, our lunch. Here we are. <laughs> Where is the caviar? <laughs> is that tank full of caviar? <laughs> they were quickly disappointed with what they saw though. Huh. Being VIPs, that expected the entire US Army to come and rescue them. And what they discovered they had really turned up was one tank, seven American soldiers, and about 14 Germans who were still the enemy. They were like, what the hell's this guy doing here? God, ungrateful. Yeah. So ungrateful. They backed a tank over a rickety bridge for you, exactly. you little it. shits. You'll say thank you and you'll get in the tank. Is that, I mean, that's how I assume they help they get them out, in the tank. No. How many people can get in a tank? The tank I've seen a photo of, the Sherman, is not very big. Hmm. I'm guessing four. Military historian, I get in contact, I'm sure now. Uh, but Gangle, the um. <laughs> oh, actually, a Sherman tank has seats for five. <laughs> so You idiot. Unless you meant four, not including the driver, in which case you are correct. Yeah, that's what I meant. It was three on the tree, so it has a bench seat. You can actually <laughs> squeeze in a, a small child in the front middle. <laughs> It's the Tarago of the tank world. How many, how many of you are social distancing there, right? Mm. Mm. Hard to do in a tank. <laughs> so Gangle, the German, he was very nice to the French VIPs. And he's the one that they don't like because they're like, this is a German guy, you're enemy. But Lee was an American badass and didn't have time for their shit and quickly jumped into action, organising food and beds for his soldiers and better yet, a survival strategy for them all. Mm. Now, one of the former Prime Ministers remembered Lee in his autobiography. He wrote, quote, he was as crude in both looks and manners. But at least he gets results, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Has this been a movie? That's a character from an old movie. Uh, he gets results. <laughs> he may be a little unorthodox, but, but he gets, gets results. results. God damn it. Hand in your badge. <laughs> uh, Lee took the tank, nicknamed Basotten Jenny. Besotten. Okay. I don't want to get in that tank. I am besotten by Jenny. Jenny. You know Jenny is a, a female donkey? Oh. Ah. That's why they called it that? Because this tank is badass. <laughs> <laughs> is that a pun? I loved that. <laughs> I know. I threw my head back. <laughs> You've got whiplash. <laughs> Ow. Ow. <laughs> that quip hurt. <laughs> Quip gave me whip. Quiplash. <laughs> That's good fun. Hmm. So Lee took the tank, nicknamed Besot and Jenny, and manned by members of the all-African-American company, Company D, uh, the 17th Armoured Infantry Battalion, and they parked it in front of the gate of the castle. Good. Basically, you got to get through the tank to get into the castle. He didn't have enough transport, this is Lee, to move everyone out, so his plan was to stay inside the castle... Until reinforcements arrive. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of the... That's the whole purpose of a castle, isn't it? Mm. You're safe inside. He hoped that between the tank and the three feet thick stone walls of the castle, that they'd be able to hold out just long enough. Okay. They didn't have to wait long to find out, though. Just after 11 o'clock that evening, Waffen SS troops in the hills opened fire on the castle with rifles and machine guns. So the baddies are here. Yeah, right. Fucking give up, assholes. I know, you've got nothing. Hitler's topped himself. Yeah, it's done. It's, it's over. over. It's over. What is what is what are you fighting for now? If it was world domination before, now is it just cause you're an absolute 
Um, <laughs> I think it's, like, it's probably okay to say. Can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he waits for permission, like a polite dog waiting for permission to eat food. It. It's a case by case basis. Sometimes we say, "Don't, don't do it." I'll allow it. Yeah. It's like it goes be what you. So sometimes you'll hear people say, "Oh, just following orders." It's like, well. What are you doing now? <laughs> the guy giving the orders is dead. Do you reckon it's just that, like, they'll just go out fighting because if they, I mean, if they're captured or if they sort of surrender now, they're going to be killed, right? Well, that's what they fear, yeah. Yeah, because they're quite, they're quite bad. Oh, yeah. I'd be, I'd be picking your god, making your best case to him. Yep. And crossing your fingers that there's an afterlife at that point, probably. But I, I think God would probably see through it. <laughs> oh, oh, now, now you. Oh, that was a very apologetic. nice prayer. Got to say, one of the best I've heard today. It would have to be one of the best he's ever heard. Yeah, yeah. and even then, he'd be like, "You're still a piece." The of right shit. religions, though, that's all you have to. You just have to apologise and ask yeah. for forgiveness. But I think you got to. I think you got to mean it. And it might be a bit too transparent if you're yep. just like, "Oh, we're about to lose." Sorry. Take oh, me back. sorry. Sorry. No take backsies. Uh, inside the castle, the Americans and Germans manned their guns and returned fire all night. By the following morning, around 150 to 200 SS troops had massed to besiege Castle Itter. So there's about, you know, including the people inside, 30 to 40. And now there's 200 people outside trying to kill them. How did so they know? This is the thing. I was like, okay, they're going to wait for reinforcements. What do you do? Text them? No. So how do reinforcements know to come? So how did all these SS people know to get to go to the castle? Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Right. Why did they even know something was going on there? Yeah. Like if they have parked a big tank out the front, maybe, and they mm. maybe would notice on the way through. Yeah, they shot up a bunch of people on the way in. Oh, yeah. That might have done it. <laughs> oh, yes. That and is true. Into, yep. <clears throat> and those people that they shot at ran into the forest. Probably to get to tell people. Yeah, okay. Yep. That does make a bit more sense. And then, yeah, I guess they just hope the word gets around to a, someone from their side to come get them. Mm. But, yeah. Or th- I guess eventually... The Americans or whoever would be sweeping through. Yeah, so Americans are sweeping through and they're hoping inside that they can hold on long enough, but they don't know how long And then they put be. the American out the front to say, hey, I'm New York in here. <laughs> they're cool. They're cool. They're with me. It's a good New York accent. Yeah, I'm New York in here. <laughs> they're with me. <laughs> they're with me. <laughs> um, so the SS had set up 150 to 200 troops, setting up a deadly 88 millimeter anti-tank gun and a 20mm anti-aircraft flak gun on a hill 700 metres away. So they also brought in serious firepower. Whoa. At dawns, things got very serious because that's when the shelling of the castle started. One of the rooms that was previously uh, a room of one of the French people was completely destroyed. Thankfully, he was not in it at the time. And just as the tank parked in front of the gates was preparing to fire at the SS, it too was shelled and it exploded just seconds after the men on board were able to escape. Whoa. So they lost their tank. Right. And that's when the SS began to charge on the castle. No. Running towards the main gate and also trying to find a rear entrance so some people went round. See the back door. The old rear admiral. Yeah. They, so they. it's funny, the f- a funny image of these idiots running at a castle mm. <laughs> and just bouncing off ah! the front gate. <laughs> Oh, okay, that didn't work. Huh. This castle is wily. Thought I could sneak <laughs> up on it. Uh, the US and German soldiers inside fired back, inflicting many casualties from the higher ground. So that's one of their things. They've got the protection of the castle. Shot, 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 shot. Hide, you know, hiding behind mm. the, the ramparts. 
Uh, the two former PMs and two former French generals refused to stay in the basement as they'd ordered to be, and they came up to fight. They had all fought in World War One and weren't going to back down now. So at first, Jack Lee was like, well, you're the, you're the people we're here to protect, so yeah. you, you hide down there. And they were like, well, fuck that. Yeah, we'll fight. Uh, several I'd be like, I'll stay, I'll stay down here. Yeah, no, it's all right. I'll be in the salon if you need me. Yeah. <laughs> Reading old woman's days. <laughs> Think I got time for a mani- manicure? Mani-pedi? Mani-pedi? <laughs> can you, can you self-serve? They have self-service here? Well, I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> I'll take one of the old presidents with me. You can do it. Jacques Chirac. Was that who it was? <laughs> Jacques Chirac is now a manicurist. Uh, several of the Wehrmacht inside, who were the Germans that have changed sides, they were killed inside the castle. Oh, man. By? By the SS people shooting oh. at the castle and shelling them. Oh, so just unlucky. Or they... How did that happen? Basically unlucky. Right. That it just happened to knock off all the Germans. Yeah, including... Major Sepp Gangle. No, oh, not Sepp Gangle. He was shot in the head by a sniper. Whoa. Oh, it almost feels like they're the ones they're after the Amy most. Because they're yeah. basically traitors. And but really, they're... Be- like, I reckon traitors gets a bad rap. Yeah. But in this case, it feels like... Oh, I'm on, t- I'm on team traitor here. Yeah, yeah big time. I'd tr- I would have traded earlier. I'm trying to save lives. Oh, you, you dog. traitor. You dirty dog. I want to be on the right side of history. Oh, you piece of shit. So, Sepp Gangle's dead, I'm afraid. So, he's the Wehrmacht guy that, remember, initially agreed to help the castle in the first place. Yeah. So, without him and without Andre, they wouldn't be rescued at all. Speaking of Andre, Major John Kramers, who's an American man who'd also been approached by Andre and it, early on, but it had agreed to help, but he'd been sidelined with wrapping up some other fighting. He was now preparing reinforcements for the castle. Oh. He said, yep, yep, I'll help out. And then he got distracted by something. But yeah. now he looks up ahead a few miles away and says, sees the castle is being shot at. And he's like, what's going on? We've got to get there. He had no idea what was going on inside. So he desperately tried to radio Jack Lee, his colleague, but he couldn't get onto him. He wasn't answering the radio. So he couldn't get onto him. That was until one of the Austrian locals took him to a local town hall, and which had a telephone, and he simply rang the castle. <laughs> no <laughs> way. <laughs> That's how he's... The phone starts ringing out of nowhere, like, oh, what's well, that? Hello, uh, Castle Litter. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how he's... Castle Litter, Jack Lee speaking. <laughs> and John Kramer's like, Jack, it's Major Kramer's. I'm coming. He got onto Lee, but he didn't have, Lee didn't have great news for him. The SS hadn't yet breached the castle. But they were closing in and inside they were running out of ammunition. So they needed help fast. Yeah. But getting into the castle wasn't that straight... Or getting to the castle for Kramer wasn't that straightforward. The extra US soldiers had to wind through local war-torn streets and through the forest. So it was. it's not like, oh, there's the castle. I'll be there in half an hour. Yeah. You had to find a way to get, get to it. So inside the castle, with things very desperate, Jack Lee, our general, accepted a proposal from tennis star Jean... Barotra. Okay. Oh, I hope it brings in tennis skills. I hope it's like a tennis racket and some grenades. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll lob like, a grenade. Top spin lob. I'm very accurate. <laughs> yeah. I'll inside out forehand this grenade. <laughs> He's like Hawkeye, like standing <laughs> yeah. on top of a building, just like shooting behind him. Like he just knows where everything is. That's him with a with it. He's like, I have my tennis racket. <laughs> I've got a couple of aces still up my sleeve. <laughs> Um, his proposal, it's pretty amazing. His proposal was to leap the castle walls okay. and then run to the extra soldiers outside and then guide them back to the castle. 
Sure. Okay, the leaping part. Tell me more about that. And We're talking single bound? And the SS people are still outside the castle Oh, also. yeah. Okay. So the former. So he's going to just run through the enemy to get some help. After jumping a wall that is a, a castle impenetrable wall. Yep. Leaping it. Yep. Okay. He's very athletic. So he's. Th- oh, hang on. When you said before about the castle walls, you said three foot. They're three foot thick. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking three foot high. And I was like, I could. T- I could do it. I could leap that. I could do it. Yeah. SS are like, we just can't find a way. <laughs> they can see over. It's up to their chest. They're like, yeah. ah, this is so infuriating. Oh three foot thick. Three foot thick. Quite a thick yes. wall. Yes. Yeah, a me- nearly a meter thick, but yeah. more than a meter tall. <laughs> That's good. That is okay. Now I'm. Okay, now I'm happy because the SS can't get in as much, but I'm a little worried about this tennis star getting over that fence. <laughs> nah, he's going to leap it. <laughs> he's going to have a big run up and just jump it. So Fosby, flop it. Rorotra, the former tennis star, now in his late 40s but still extremely fit, quietly slipped out of the castle during a lull in the intense firing. No way. So he jumped, he jumped off a, a smaller part of the wall. He did jump off it. Ran across 40 metres of open ground. No. Oh, shit. People with mach- like. Anti-aircraft machine guns pointed at the castle. Speaking of badass. Better go for it. He ran through 40 metres of open ground, eluded several groups of SS soldiers, and then disappeared into the woods. No way. That's wild. So he was off to try and find the incoming US soldiers. Basically, he's the castle's last hope. Imagine the adrenaline. (laughs) That that feels like one of those ones that is too risky to even attempt. Yeah. And you'd be able to see him too. You'd, they'd all be watching him. He like, was wearing his tennis watts. <laughs> yeah. Back then you weren't allowed to wear colours. <laughs> camouflage at Wimbledon. I don't think so. I don't think so. Not in front of the Queen, please. <laughs> so, yeah. And, I mean, the castle's there. So, it, it must be so hard to get to if they didn't think they'll just they'll find it eventually. Yeah. And is this in, during the day or is it night time? I'm not sure if he jumped off during the day or the night. It that, I'm picturing the ins- day. But oh, yeah. I was picturing night and I was like, that's amazing. But daytime is n- like next yeah. level ballsy. But daytime, that's when they'd least expect it. He's <laughs> <Yeah>. just <laughs> running across. Oh my God. Just imagine watching from the castle your last hope. And if he had been machine gunned, you'd be like, oh. God. Yeah. Oh. But he was off. Uh, Stephen Harding, who was a US military journalist who would go on to write a book on this fight called The Last Battle wrote this in an article for historynet.com that I will link to. It's a very great article. Uh, on Barotra being off and inside the castle, this is what Harding writes about Lee. Quote, Lee began planning what he and his shrinking command would do if the relief force didn't show up in time. The solution was literally medieval. The defenders and the French notables would with- withdraw into the castle's massive keep. They would use their few remaining rounds of ammunition, their bayonets, and if necessary, their fists to make the SS men fight for every stairwell, every hallway, every floor. Wow. <laughs> Badass. Uh, but back to my words here. The, the SS attackers continued to advance, sensing that they were close to victory. By the afternoon, a German anti-tank team was coming into position to blow up the fortress's main gate with rockets. It was not looking good for the people in the castle. But then, suddenly, (gasps) there came fire from behind the Germans. (laughs) It's behind (laughs) you. War is a pantomime. (laughs) Tennis. Was it tennis grenades? Mm. Yes. Is it our man? He runs. He goes and finds the Americans. He's like... (laughs) (laughs) You got a tennis racket? (laughs) (laughs) 
I want, I'm I gonna want need to get in a bag of grenades. <laughs> I want to. I picture him. So the the Americans are up there, and he's straddling the gun on the tank. Yes, and he's leading him out there. Oh, mate! <laughs> Yelling. You're gonna love this. <laughs> so firefight starts coming from behind the Germans, and the so behind the SS. It's confusing because there's two groups of Germans, but behind the the baddies outside, Jenny's sister tank. Remember we had Jenny before. This one called Bosch Buster. Love it. Accompanied by a company of American infantry was riding into the rescue. They were later joined by troops from the 142nd Battalion, led by our tennis star, Jean Barotra, <laughs> now sporting an American uniform. Yes! <laughs> Badass. He was literally leading them to the castle. <laughs> That's sick. He's not, even, he's not a soldier. He's not American. But they were like, fuck it, let's give this guy a uniform. He was wow. number two in the world, yeah. okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Like when Roger Federer would like meet the troops or something. Yeah. Uh, here's an honorary uniform for you. Uh, the SS realised it was all over and many fled. But over 100 were captured. Cowards. Very much so. Nazi Germany surrendered three days later on May 8th. Inside the castle, the relieved French VIPs were quickly uh, sent back to Paris. And this is what happened after the war. The two, the two former PMs would return to politics. The German Wehrmacht, the people that had helped the uh, the Americans, despite the fact they'd fought with US soldiers, were still taken in as prisoners of war. They were put inside a POW cage, which I didn't know what that was, a POW cage, which is essentially an open field surrounded by barbed wire, uh, so you can't escape, whilst their histories were investigated. And if they weren't war criminals or Nazi members, they were then released. Okay. So they had to do, still had to do a bit of background check on them. Surely that these guys had helped would, you know... It would look good on your resume. Yeah, <laughs> on your prison resume. Yeah. Your resume? <laughs> they they, they, but they could have been... There's, they could have been real pragmatic bad guys who were like, if I just do one last good thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess they had to check, but... Had to check. It's Jean, a good sign, I'd say. Yeah. Jean Barotra, our heroic tennis star. Crazy. Returned to professional tennis after the war. No. Despite his age and did not retire until 1956 at the age of 58. He wow. played until he was 58. I will say he didn't win any more Grand Slams after the war, but still. He kept yeah, playing. Just, just to keep playing is something like to qualify for events and stuff. Yeah. Wow. That would now well and truly be se- uh, seniors yeah, to a... Absolutely. Uh, Mary Agnes, Charles de Gaulle's sister, was awarded the uh, with the Legion of Honour in 1975 in recognition of her work with the French Resistance. Again, she was a freaking badass. Whoa. Uh, Andre, a heroic uh, handyman slash electrician, returned to Yugoslavia where he set up an electrical business in Belgrade. He <gasps> Did he finally get a van? <laughs> I reckon he would have got a van. Oh. He got a and uh, he kept in contact with several uh, former French POWs from the castle. That's nice. They were still friends. Uh, Sepp Gangle, who sadly was the one who was shot by the sniper after mm. the Battle of Castellita, Major Gangle's body was buried at a cemetery nearby in Austria. Today he is regarded as a national hero in Austria for his efforts to aid the resistance and protect Austrian citizens during the last days of the war. Wow. So as much as he's remembered for this battle in the castle, also when he was ordered to shoot people in the town that were defecting and he said, I'm mm. not letting that I won't do that, yep. The locals there still revere him as a hero for that. Uh, Jack Lee, for his extraordinary heroism, Captain Lee was awarded the Silver Star and the Distinguished Service Cross and was finally given his promotion to the rank of captain. Sadly, he struggled with uh, PTSD after the war, as many of these brave soldiers did, but 
To finish on Jack Lee with uh, one more line from Stephen Harding's article. Quote, a few months before his death in January 1973, he was asked by a reporter in Norwich how he felt about the long ago incident. Lee thought for a minute and then replied, well, it was just the damnedest thing. (laughs) (laughs) I love an understatement. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I would say that when, like, I accidentally bought two things of eggs, you know, like, that's the damnedest thing. What am I like? What am I like? He's like, I saved a bunch of people. What was the damnest thing? Amazing. What a story. Uh, yeah, so the Battle of Castle Litter is uh, one of the last of the entire World War Two. Yeah. It's considered one of the strangest battles of the entire war because it's probably the only engagement in which US and German troops fought on the same side. Right. And also the fact you've got the Prime Minister's the tennis player running for it. It's just considered a very, very strange battle. Did you say what the tennis player got? Uh, did he? He must have got some handy awards for that uh, that run. I don't remember uh, reading about him being given any awards for that. But oh, because he wasn't a he wasn't. Maybe you have to be a because he wasn't a he wasn't a soldier. He was just a French right. citizen. There are yeah. civilian um, medals and stuff, but yeah, maybe maybe not anything um, relevant. Yeah, but right. But far out. What an amazing Because that's like, put it, yeah, that's like Purple Heart sort of stuff or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, when you just run through enemy territory with machine guns tracing you, hoping for the best. I hope I'm, sa- I'm thinking of the right one. It might be one of the other ones. One of the famous ones. Victoria Cross? Yeah, it's yeah maybe it does Victoria have a bit Cross. of a Victoria Cross. Anyway, I bet one of these war historians will get in contact. <laughs> Dave made it sound like they're they're just sitting waiting <laughs> for any kind of inaccuracy. So that is the battle for Castle Itter. Thanks for everyone that suggested that uh, topic and everyone that voted on it. That is an amazing story, Dave. <laughs> it's a crazy one, isn't it? I'm so happy it had uh, you know relatively happy ending. That yeah, they got there's out. a lot of grim stuff in there. Yeah, sorry about that. World War Two was not a nice time. No. I'm, I'm starting to think that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that. What were the other kind of topics you put up for the vote? Were they all war stories? No, they were all uh, no, they were interesting in their own ways, and I tried to put that in the in the description of the three options. And uh, but I did say the Battle for Castle Itter, Itter in brackets, one of the strangest battles of World War Two. And a lot of people commented, "Yeah, I voted for that one because it sounded." I was like, "Why is it strange?" So oh, yeah. yeah, but and th- to be honest, that's one of the reasons that I it stood out to me in Jack the Hat. So people. Um, can click the link in the description of this episode and tell us why we should do a topic and then we give you a shout out and uh, you can tell us why we should do it, like I said, and if they write a cool blurb, it stands out. Yeah, it grabs your attention. The strangest battle of World War Two, and I was like, okay, I'm listening. Yeah. yeah. I'll Google. Yeah, I'll <laughs> Google. I'll put that on the short list. So, mm. yeah. Well, that brings us to everyone's favourite section of the show, the fact, quote or question section. has a little jingle. Fact, quote or question. He always remembers the ding. And the way to get involved in this is to sign up at our Patreon at patreon.com slash pod. Link in the show notes. And if you sign up to this level in particular, the Sydney Scheinberg Deluxe Memorial Rest in Peace Edition level, you get to give us a fact, a quote or a question. You get heaps of other things as well. You get to vote on two of the three topics Two out of every three topics, basically. But we're also giving out, uh, giving out, <laughs> uploading three bonus episodes every single month now. So we've got an episode of Phrasing the Bar coming out each month with our Phrasing, uh, Brendan Fraser podcast, <laughs> a bonus report, and also a random other thing. So yeah, check it out for that. And yeah, there's heaps of other things that you can get involved at, depending on your level, including the exclusive Facebook group, which is a nice, fun corner of the internet where everyone's very lovely and. Other such things. That's right. Uh, but 
talking of this one, firstly, the fact quote or question section of the show um, is where one of the people on the Sydney Scheinberg Memorial level get to give us a fact or quote or a question. We're reading out four a week these days uh, to make sure everyone gets their bloody turn in the sun. And um, this is what I think of this for people. It's like, oh, they're finally their time to shine <laughs> with a fact, a quote or a question. <laughs> and I assume that's how they see it right, as well. I hope so too. Um, and you also get to give yourself a title. So firstly... I'd love to thank Tom Goodall, who has given himself the title of Chief Auditor of Fun Facts as defined by Jess. I'd love, okay. to, see, I'd love to see that spreadsheet. <laughs> That's a Jess. Oh, I wish people could see Jess's expression. I'm trying to understand it. I Chief think he's Auditor. Saying that, I, think he, I think he's... Is it, does it mean that he's going, well, Jess has called these fun facts. I'll keep them all in order. Or is he going... I'll uh, put a second filtration system on yeah. top. No, I took it as he's just noting which facts are fun. Okay. Right. Which yeah, ones yeah, that yeah. fail. Yeah. So, I'm just thinking he's not overstepping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, well, that. I think it's more of a uh, an administrative role. Love that. Great work, Tom. You're doing, Thanks, Tom. You're doing brilliant work out but there. But know your place. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> eh? And your place <laughs> is to ask a question, and that question is, you have to bring your co-hosts out for a fun day of things you love doing. What is the plan? What's your plan? I'm going to take you to Chadston, the fashion capital. Oh. I'm going into every shop well, all and I'm like trying on everything. <laughs> all 9,000 stores. You're sitting there. Oh, you're seeing as a chance to punish. <laughs> I was just thinking because uh, we had a question, was it last week, about like planning a day for each other, or, you know, like a nice day in isolation or something. and. So I feel like I've exhausted the nice ideas. So now it's like... Well, I think this is more... Last time it was uh, fun things you could do that you knew were the other people's interests. This one's fun things that are your interests that the others might enjoy. Yeah, right. Yeah, so... But I'm up for a shopping spree. (laughs) I'll buy you both a little treat. Oh, I'm down. You can have a kinder surprise if you want. Yeah, I'll come. (laughs) I don't know. That is a good question. I'm uh, sorry about this, Matt, but I'm taking you for a beautiful walk with my dog and then we're going to the dog park. Okay. I I mean, I don't hate dogs. I just don't fully get... what. Like earlier today, there's a dog at the studio... And you got down on your hands and knees yeah, to, to talk it. dog at it. It was, to me, a bit odd. But <laughs> to every, well, it seems like everyone else, that is normal behaviour. That is, yes, back me, that's normal. I was also on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> but so, I've I mean, already met that dog. <laughs> it is me who is wrong. I know that. It is I. Because okay, I'm Dave, in the minority. So we're, but we're going for a walk and then to the dog park. And that's like, we're done by 10. What next? Uh, then we're going out. Um, we're finding a good pie. Okay. Oh, I'm in. We're going to take a pie-stagram together. Well, this dog walk's been worth it. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to eat the pie, and then we're going to go to Luna Park. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. In St. Kilda. And then... Um, the home of... Well, the old home of the St. Kilda Saints. Hmm. Won the Premiership in 1966. And then we're going to go on the Scenic Railway, the roller coaster around the... Yep. The edge of the park, and then we're going to go get an ice cream. Oh, this sounds great. I'm in on that day. Lovely day. Yeah. It's not dogs I don't like. I think it's the way humans react around dogs and to each other. I've had, I've, I've uh, house sat and minded a dog before, mounded a dog. And when I was. <laughs> walk- I don't think you mounded a dog. Never mounded a dog. Just <laughs> <laughs> walking, it's just like <laughs> other weirdo dog people talk to you, and, and I'm like, oh, you're a bit much. <laughs> I'm just here to walk the dog. That's why we're going to the dog park. You're going to hate it. (laughs) (laughs) They ask you about your dog. How old is it? Oh, great. What what breed? Is he going to get any bigger? Okay. (laughs) All these questions. 
<laughs> yeah, a lot of. What were the dog's first four albums? Yeah, they're real <laughs> testing you out. <laughs> oh, oh, puppy love. Oh, I don't know. I think what I'm going to do with you two is it's one or two things, and it probably depends on weather and the time of year. But I've just played a couple of games of golf with my dad over the last few weeks, and it's been lovely. So would you be up for come and play golf with me? I legit was going to ask you before, can I come play golf? Yeah, I'm keen. Can I just drive the buggy? Yeah, of course. Doesn't matter. It's a nice walk as well. No, no. Does it matter that I'm too? Oh, yeah, sorry. That contradicted. Golf spoils a good walk, (laughs) that's what I say. Um, But I'm worried I'd be so bad. But ever like I mean that's just how it is. We I don't play on good. You play on public courses where um, there's a real range of abilities. Thank you. Is it like the slow lane, <laughs> the swimming pool? <laughs> I think it is. Like it's been busy. The two times I've played, well, I normally play once a year, so I've doubled that this month. But um, it's you're waiting on every hole. It's so packed. It's not the most fun thing about. Oh, that means other people are watching you swing. No, well, no, they're probably not because they're worried about their own hacky games, you know. Anyway, so we do that. We play golf. Beautiful yep. day. And then if if not, we go see the Saints play. And then after that, oh, yeah. I'll, one of my favorite things about golf is what they call the 19th hole. And the 19th hole is the pub after golf. Oh, thank God. I was worried about that. What it was so we go to a, a beer garden and uh, have a few celebratory drinks about our great round of golf. Love that. If you asked me this any other week, I would not have said golf. But I'm in this brief period yeah. where I'm right into golf. I've rethought mine. Um, I think uh, it would have to start with brunch because I fucking love brunch. Mm. Oh, yeah. And then maybe we could um, have a look around uh, NGV, go to look at the art gallery. Could show you that Picasso we've talked about. Oh, um, sick. Then like, maybe, can we do these days? Maybe Moonlight Cinema. Yes. Oh, nice. An outdoor cinema. With Love snacks. It. It's a nice mm. night, though. We, so. are, we have picked a lot of things that will probably mean we need lockdown to not be happening. Yeah, this that's... This is all post-COVID world And stuff. that's why we're thinking about it. Yeah. Because we're like, oh, all those things I don't do, but yeah. I wish I could. I can't remember the last time I went to Luna Park. <laughs> yeah. I went to Moonlight Cinema once about eight years ago. And You're I'm like, like, oh, to be back again. What'd you see? Argo? I saw Amelie. Do okay. they play A movies there? <laughs> um, I saw Megamind. The animation. <laughs> Megamind was funny. It, and honestly, I was going, oh, this is the only thing on fire. I went with friends and afterwards I was like, that was pretty bloody good. Yeah, loved it. Something about anything at the movies feel, it elevates a movie. Anyway, I hope right. that answered that question. Yeah. yeah, I think we answered that pretty thoroughly. But yeah, this is good. I want to do all these days when we're allowed to again in a year or two. Um, thank you so much, Tom, for that question. The next one comes from Jennifer Welliver, who is the Senior Vice President of Pushing the Button to See What Happens. Oh, an important role. And she offers us this fact. Oh, I love it early. One of my favourite words. A smattering of my favourite collective nouns. Yes, I love collective nouns. A prickle of hedgehogs. A lounge of lizards. A business of ferrets. (laughs) Those ferrets over there? That's the business. (laughs) And a loveliness of ladybugs. No, it's not loveliness, is it? That's too cute. I love ladybugs. I love them. They're nice. They're so cute. They've got little polka dots on them. That's I really love great. polka dots. Yeah, do you call them? What do you call them? Ladybugs they, or ladybirds. Yeah, they get they have different names. I don't know. Now I don't know which one I call them. Me either. Ladybugs, ladybirds. I think ladybug mostly. Yeah. I think my, one of my favourites is more. It's a pretty big one, Murder of Crows. Yeah, That's that fun. is good. That's good. Dave, you'd know a few, wouldn't you? You got any... Come to mind? No, I can't think of any. Yeah, it's always hard. 
Put you on the spot. That's why... Uh, a pack of wolves. <laughs> oh, a pack of wolves. Fantastic. Yeah, that's great. Uh, there's a, pa- a pack of dogs. There's like a parliament of something that's pretty Parliament of owls. Parliament yeah. of funk. Come on, guys. Um, <laughs> Sorry, owl. I was busy getting it right. Hey, what do you call... What's the collective noun for a, a group of white guys? A podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's a tweet that everyone did for a little while. <laughs> Uh, this thank you so much, Jennifer. That's great. Love that. Um, a very good use. Everyone knows how this fat quarter question section works. That's a na- that's a nailing of a good fact. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, this next one comes from Kelly Clark, who is the practical phenomenologist. Oh, I, last time she gave me the phonetic spelling, and I, I said I didn't need it. <laughs> <laughs> And I think uh, just go for maybe it. the next one. Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Practical phenomenologist of the pod. See, you get so, out of your head, you fucking nail it. Get out of your own way. <laughs> and Kelly's asked us a question. The question is, oh, there's a bit of bit of writing here. Let me get. Let's see what this is. What's something which isn't a conspiracy theory that other people believe, which you find baffling? Uh, for example, I recently discovered that a good someone. Dancer. I know, <laughs> values her things over the life well-being of a person. I discovered this when she said she would genuinely prefer to hit a stranger with her car than risk damage to the car by me pulling on the handbrake had she failed to notice the person. What? That's a wild story. Holy that's not shit. A, I don't think that's a good friend. That's not a, cons- <laughs> that's not a conspiracy theory. No, I think that's what she's saying. Not a conspiracy theory. Um, fuck, that is a very hard question. That is a wild example. Yes. I think we're going to f- battle to top that. Yeah. So Mine will que- be like, mm, I don't get how people like custard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really like Vegemite. Um, what, so what's the question? You don't- uh, What's something that other people believe which you find baffling? Oh, I guess I do. <laughs> Oh, it's topic. Oh, I reacted like it was very scandalous. It's not at all. Um, it's just quite topical at the moment because everybody's lo- losing their minds over Hamilton because it's come out in Disney Plus. Oh yes, we went and saw it in London, um, and I thought it was very good. So good, yeah. But everyone's like, it's incredible, and I think I've missed something. Oh right, yeah. I and I thought, I thought the the London version was awesome. I've had very little desire to watch it again. Yeah, but with everybody talking about it, I'm like, I might, I'm going to give it a go, but I've, also, I've missed something. It feels like a thing you see live as well to me. Yeah, but yeah, people, I do have friends who, who people here at the studio like Beck mm. and Evan love it. Yep, life changing. But I think after saying, I went in going, I don't think I'm going to get this, and <laughs> and I thought it was going to be, my name's Abraham Lincoln, and I'm here <laughs> to say, you know, that's what like it just seems like that's what it was going to be. <laughs> And it sort of was, but it was, it was a lot better than than that. I thought it was great. Plus, we got we got the full VIP deluxe oh, version yeah. of it. Meeting a cast member for dinner before going to see <laughs> yeah. it. Holy shit! That I forget awesome. about that. Yeah, that was a great. What? Ha- what? Like I remember sitting there like, what has happened to our lives? <laughs> it did, it, will it always be like this from now on? No, <laughs> no, it will not. <laughs> no? Still, it was great to live that lifestyle for one night. And thanks to Stevenson, what a guy! What, what an amazing a guy. guy! Oh man. Got us hooked us up with the tickets. That was really cool. Uh, it feels like I should have one of these in my head, ready to go. Dogs. Oh, what a, I think. <laughs> yeah, come on, mate. It's dogs. You don't get it. Well, I think uh, 
uh, cream goes first on scones. Oh, you're a fucking madman. And, and that does seem right. controversial. Yeah. I think uh, the AFL grand final should not be played at the MCG every year. And this is no one in Victoria seems to be on board with this. It's a national competition now. I feel like it it's unfair for the grand final, no matter who's playing, to be played at the MCG, which is some team's home ground. Yeah. So in t- 2017, the top team in the league, the Adelaide Crows, played Richmond, the suburb where the MCG is. The Crows were on top. Richmond were a few places below them. The grand finals held in Richmond's home suburb, and they end up winning, you know, comfortably. Who knows what it would have been like if it was perhaps at the fairer ground, either a neutral ground or or even if it's – anyway, so this is – that's a bit of a niche one maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I just – I don't get it. I've got all my friends who we talk footy. They're like, uh, the MCG is the biggest stadium in Australia. That's, you've got to have it at the place where the most people can watch the game. I'm like, surely the fairness of the game has to come – before a few more people getting in to see it live. Everyone can watch it on TV. I would care more about it. I mean, it'd be hard to care more about it, but I would care. feels like the number one thing for a competition has to be fairness and then worry about money and these sort of things. But I don't know. And this year it may well be because the MCG is possibly not going to be able to have anyone there. Yeah. Whereas Perth might be able to have 60,000. Yeah. So hopefully they go, they try it and they get, they like what they see. All right, uh, I think, to be very controversial here, my thing is I cannot understand how people can go to the shops and choose a timeout chocolate bar. (laughs) (laughs) You've got all the options. Wait, we've talked about this before. It doesn't make sense. Your favourite chocolate bar is the twirl. Twirl. And the timeout <laughs> is a twirl with a layer of flake. Oh, no, it, no it's, a, it's got biscuit in there. Oh. It's, no, it's just... It, I don't hate it, but I just don't understand the decision. You're standing in the chocolate aisle. There's 50, uh, 50 options. So there. many options. Why are you going for a timeout? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. It's uh, on special. <laughs> so is this an... Even a, then, there's no bargain good enough that I'm choosing a timeout. That's interesting. I, yeah, I, I've, I have not had one since I was a kid. Yeah, that's right. Probably when they were released. And there was a lot of buzz around it. <laughs> I thought I thought the whole slogan was something like uh, a, a twirl with a layer of flake or something. I think that the slogan's something like, yeah, we're a bit shit, but <laughs> <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Twirls are flakes and then covered in chocolate. Yeah, flake is what a twirl, yeah. Oh, oh that's what I'm thinking of, yeah, okay. But I love a flake, but they're just so messy, but twirl. Twirl. You you really yeah it wraps up the whole. Oh, bar. love a twirl. Do you want to hit just quickly a little bit of info on the twirl? The twirl. To- oh, sorry, the timeout. It was a chocolate bar manufactured by Cadbury Island. Uh, it was introduced in the United Kingdom and Ireland in 1992, followed by Australia and New Zealand in 1995. Oh. Mainly sold in pairs, it consists of a ripple of milk chocolate, the twirl, uh, between two wafers, smothered in dairy milk chocolate. The bar was originally sold under the slogan, the wafer break with a layer of flake. That's what I was trying to get to. Okay, I don't remember that, but yeah. Uh, You went around in 95 thinking that? That would (laughs) have been prime time, chocolate bar time for you. Wasn't thinking about advertising in 95. The bar is still available in Australia, manufactured by Cabaret. That makes it sound like it's not available anywhere else. That's probably... Anyway, a bit of a mini report there at the end. (laughs) We were going to eventually do a full timeout report, but no need anymore. Uh... So, uh, thank you for that question, Kelly. Uh, next one comes from Claire Norris. 
And Claire asks, this is the final one we'll do today, ask a question, but she's given herself the title of science consultant for the pod. Wow, I love that. Big That's call. big. Yeah. I like how people often say vice president or uh, junior vice president. I like just going... I'm going to be the I'm the one. And the general science too, which I yeah. I do appreciate. Yeah, very much. Uh, so Claire asked us a question. I wonder how sciencey this is going to be. If you had to pick a fictional universe, <laughs> okay. I.e. Marvel, Harry Potter, etc., to live in, which one would you pick and why? Poirot. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of death in that one. So much death. You're taking your life in your own hands. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, unless you're being uh, Hastings, cause that man will never die. There's a lot of death in all of them. A lot of death in Harry Potter, so much in Marvel. But if you're a muggle, you're just sheltered from it. But I guess why even bother? Is, uh, is the muggle the ones who don't know Yeah, about? why bother being a muggle? That's yeah. what we are now. <laughs> okay. It wouldn't be any different. Well, maybe we're in the Harry Potter universe. Yes. Uh, I'd maybe go Marvel, but I had some some powers. But then isn't there always bad guys trying to fuck up the world? Yeah, it's like there'd be but so many people die every every year. Every year they decide to make a movie. Aliens okay. seem to come there and things get blown up. Yeah, it's like stop making the movies. The aliens will stop coming. Where would Hello? I? Hello. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of things I've been watching. X Files, bit of fun. Yeah, but then there's it goes all the way to the top though. Conspiracy. Yeah, I hate things that go all the way to the top. <laughs> like to believe in the government. Harder to do these days. So what? Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's clowns up there on Capitol Hill. <laughs> you know, hey, mm. making some mistakes. But you know, that's democracy. You can just answer the question if you want. Okay, what was it? <laughs> best. Is it clear universe. that I'm padding? A fictional universe you'd like to be in. Oh, can you name some? I got trapped. I think like Jess in the two examples. Yeah. Well, it could be okay. Um, What's someone real nice? Oh, maybe, okay, I want to, um, the good bears. place. Oh, uh, the good place, that's cool. Yeah, because I like that. I like the idea of an afterlife. Yeah, and it being like perfectly suited to you, Yeah, whatever you like doing. I guess we have no spoilers, but yeah, I just want a perfect afterlife place with Ted Danson hanging out. Oh my that's God, he's so funny in that show. Yeah. I also I watched Upload, which is a similar, vaguely similar idea. Eh. And that's yeah. If they got rid of once that technology catches up, yeah, and it's not uh, like a a uh, it's all a. I mean, the whole show is sort of a satire about the world and how money buys you the better afterlife or whatever. I've pretty I've summed up that pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Claire, how good were those answers? What have we got? Poirot, Marvel. Yep. And The Good Place. Fantastic. Um, hopefully we can create a shared universe so we can visit each other. Nah. <laughs> I'm busy. I just want to see Poirot as a superhero. <laughs> so that's all the facts, the quotes and the questions for this week. Thank you so much to Tom, Jennifer, Kelly and Claire for getting those in to us. Like I say, if you want to be involved, go to... Patreon slash do go on pod. Uh, the other thing we like to do at this part of the show is thank a few of our other patrons who've signed up any level at the sign up level or, or above. Uh, it's all self explanatory once you go to the website there. And uh, yeah, we normally thank a couple of patrons each. Jeff yes. gives us a little game. Yeah, I'm struggling a little bit because it was a pretty bleak, unless we name their castle or what kind of. Uh, 
like what kind of uh, dwelling they live in. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Can you think of anything else? Yeah, that's pretty good. What kind of dwelling? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into it. Let's do that. Let's do dwelling. Dave's filling me with confidence with his answers. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm going to let you lead it and yeah. then I'll understand what you mean. Okay, great. Well, like a castle, but other types of places you can live. Okay, great. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'll, I'll kick things off then. So I'll, I'll, I want to thank from St. Joseph in Illinois, I'm assuming, I-L? Yeah, the only I state, Is Illinois. It? Cool. No, that's not right. There's uh, three. Iowa. <laughs> I- <laughs> Iowa, <three>. Indiana. <laughs> I was thinking L. L. The I-L. Louisiana's the only L state. There's okay. Uh, I- Idaho, Indiana, Illinois, and Iowa. But there's apart four. from that, there's only... <laughs> there's only the four. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Well, I would love to thank Nate Price. Candy Castle. Oh, great uh, one. Well, can I broaden it out to Food Castle? I want to have a few... Pie no. things. Food castle. Hear me out. Food court. Oh, food court. Lives in a food court. Dave could be the jester in your food court. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations, Nate. Pie pool. Oh, Nate pie. Price. Yeah, you could have a pie bath. We just bathe in an apple pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, better better than bathing in like a a meat pie. It yeah, burns. custard pie. It burns. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, very hot. No, don't do that. Yeah, actually, I don't know. Uh, yeah, mate, but it's all, somehow it's magic and it's all great. Yeah. Yeah. It's all okay. And oh. you can eat everything. Um, so thank- Enjoy that, Nate. I yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, Nate. Um, I'd also love to thank from Greensboro here in Victoria. <gasps> Which is my suburb of birth on my passport. Get out of town. Oh, there you go. Mine is Matt Waverley. Um, I would love to thank- Mine a- is Canton. <laughs> Matt Bradley. Matt Bradley. Man with two first names. Matt uh, Matt Bradley. lives in- a cave behind a waterfall like the Phantom. Oh, oh that's sick. That's cool. That is so sick, also Matt. Also like Caesar in Planet of the, the second rebooted Planet right. of the Apes. That which I still haven't seen. No, the third, sorry. third. Congratulations to you, Matt, that's on so your much, fully sick dwelling. That's so much better than my suggestion, which was going to be the Greensboro Plaza food court. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Dave, Everyone. Always stop food thinking food court. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going around in circles. <laughs> He lives in a bear and burrito bed wrapped in a sweet tortilla. <laughs> thank you, Matt and Nate. Thank you, Matt and Nate. I'd love to thank, if I may, Please. from Sheffield in England, a place I'd love to do a, a live show one day. So that we could say, Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> <laughs> but we've Because we've uh, been nearby in Leeds a few times and a bunch of Sheffield people come to those shows. Am I thinking of the right place? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday is the soccer team. It's a great name. And they named that because I think they were formed on a Wednesday. They used to play on Wednesdays or something like that. Big fun fact energy from that. <laughs> uh, I'd love to thank from Sheffield in England, Christopher Gray. Christopher oh, Gray. One of you lives in one of those uh, houses that's also a windmill. Oh, yes. yes. So I he would, lives in a windmill, yeah. you could say. Yeah, but those ones that are a house. Yeah, but it's, it's a also mill. on wheels. Oh, well, <laughs> and the wheel, it's power. So it's a. It's a you can travel around, and the car part of it is powered by the windmill. Wow. Wind-powered uh, <laughs> windmill. <laughs> I think I went that because it sounded grey, so I was thinking grey nomad in a caravan. <laughs> but that's pretty cool. That's a windmill great. car. Oh, my house. God. Christopher, you're welcome. You all live in a great <laughs> life. And it's also a mini golf hole. 
<laughs> it's got it all. Yeah. You've really burnt a few early, <laughs> if I can be honest. We've limited our future choice. Obviously, mini golf hole was going to be one of mine. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, and secondly, thank you so much to Christopher Gray. I'd also love from Misa in, I think, Arizona, Joel Montez Jr. Oh, we love a junior. Joel. Joel Jr. What about Joel lives in a giant beard? Okay. Oh, a giant beard <laughs> or a giant's beard? A giant's beard. Okay, okay yep. Uh, okay, we'll save giant speed for someone else, I guess. <laughs> yeah, don't burn it. Look how big that speed is. <laughs> it's giant, you could say. But the beard is like it's a the giant is so big and his beard is so bushy he doesn't even know that, that guy's oh. in there. Wow. I mean, is that a pleasant place to live? Yeah, it's full of crumbs. <laughs> oh, yummy! You eat giant chin crumbs. But like crumbs from a giant would be like a full sausage roll for us. Oh wow! <laughs> Imagine the crumbs fall off a sausage roll, but in the form of small sausage rolls. <laughs> That would be perfect. That would be so nice. That's the universe I want to live in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where crumbs are just tiny versions of the food you're eating. <laughs> Everything else is the same. But what about something like like apple crumble where it's literally crumbs already and then it's just making smaller apple crumbles? Oh, I like it. That's fun. That's great. That. All in perfect um, ratio. Yeah. So every drop of... Apple crumble has a little bit of cream on top. Yeah, a little bit of crumb, a little bit of apple. Oh my god! Can I just have a couple of goes, just in case I, I didn't get the pronunciation right? Joel Monte Junior, Joel Montez Junior, Joel Mont Junior. Joel. Oh no! Let <laughs> <laughs> me start again. <laughs> well, it, it could be Joel. No, like the Philadelphia player, oh. Joel Embiid. Oh. Genuinely, his name. Joel. Well, we've covered all bases the now. first Joel. Hopefully. All right. I would like to bring us home now by thanking someone from York in England, another place that when we're in Leeds, they come from yes. York. And then we're told York is very posh. Viking oh. country. That's right. And they've got the uh, the Viking exhibit slash museum. We've got to go there one time. We never seem to have enough time leaving Leeds to stop by York, but mm. I would love to. Yes. We've got to go there and visit Peter Atkin. Peter Atkin lives in a... Life-size dollhouse, which you might think is a house, but no, no, half of it has no roof. (laughs) Oh, it's got that sounds like a nightmare. It's got the cross section, and it's all plastic. Like the bed is plastic. Nah, nah, nah. Everything's uncomfortable. Nah, it's fine. Oh, cool. It's quite cozy. (laughs) Oh, great. It's all right. And he gets to marry Barbie Barbie or Polly Pocket. The dream, Peter, living the dream in York there. Thank you so much. I would also like to thank from Great Britain now, from Stockport or Stockput, Ellie Durkin. Ellie oh Durkin. I love that name. That's an incredible name. Ellie Durkin. Durkins look like Perkins. I think that's probably why and I'm... And Gherkin, which I, I don't know. I never eat Gherkins, but I'm hungry for one right now. I think I'm just hungry. I think we're hungry, yeah. <laughs> I'll take anything. <laughs> oh, let me eat it. Ellie Durkin. Where's Fantastic Ellie Fantastic name. Uh, what about a giant shoe? Okay. Yeah, a lot of giant things. Yeah. Giant shoe. Okay. So it, is it Old Mother Hubbard in a shoe? That kind um, of yeah. thing. Didn't she live in a cupboard? Someone lived in a shoe. Yeah, someone lived There in was an old lady, lady who lived, lived in, in a shoe. shoe. It was just an old lady. I just assumed her name was Mother Hubbard. Right. right. No, Mother Durkin. <laughs> Mother <laughs> Ellie Durkin. <laughs> Thank you so much from Stockport. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the show. Ellie, also a great name, but Durkin, bringing it home so strong. Durkin. Mm. In the big shoe. What kind of shoe? Bunstone boot? Oh, oh no, yeah. R.M. Williams for you, wouldn't yeah, it be? Yeah, sure. 
All right. Well done all. Thank you, Ellie, Peter, Joel, Christopher, Matt, and Nate. And that pretty much brings us, does it, to the end of the show? Is that how we finish? We've got a trip ditch club. Oh, my goodness. We've got to check these out for people. It felt wrong. We've got to check to see if anyone's in the trip ditch club, which means they've been supporting the show for three years. That's right. At the shout-out level or above for three straight years. And uh, we've created a little club where you become a life member and you get to hang out with the other people inside our club, behind the velvet rope. It's part live music venue. It's part bar. It's part... Smoker's room. It's anything you want it to be. Yeah, really? Exactly. We've oh got my sleeping goodness. pods Th- now. There are a lot of inductees this week. Great. Oh, that's exciting. Well, we always talk as well about um, food and drinks. So um, uh, this week, nachos for everyone. Oh, yes. I'm so excited yeah. for that because I love nachos. I've, I know. I know you do. And off mic here, I'm. I'm about to eat some nachos. Yes, me too. <laughs> That's why we're all talking about food. The food has arrived. We're very, very hungry. And uh, we'd like to share our nachos with you in the Triptych Club. And playing live this week, Matt, do you want to know who it is? Yes, I'd love to know who it is. None other than Puff Daddy. Oh, oh my wow. God. We so got Puff Daddy. We got Puff Daddy. We had the boss last week and now we got... Puff Daddy. Puff Daddy. Sean Diddy. Puffy Because he's known as the CEO or something, isn't he? He's like the boss of hip hop is one of his things. Yeah, he's like an incredible businessman as yeah, well. He, he, uh, yeah, he ran Bad Boy Records or yeah, something. You got damn right he did. Bad Boy. Bad Boy for life. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be enjoying the hits of uh, Puffy. Awesome. That's great. Diddy. P. Diddy. P whatever Diddy. you want to call him. I'm not sure P. What to, Daddy. I'm not sure what to call him when I meet him backstage, <laughs> but. I'm going to call well, him I'm P. Gonna Daddy. Well, I'm going to wait until someone else talks yeah. to him. I'm going to wait till he introduces himself. Yeah. <laughs> and he would because he's just he's a polite. humble gentleman. Yeah. He doesn't assume I know who he is yeah. or what to call him. <laughs> All right, so we've got we've got a few. Let's go through them. Welcome into the club, Jess. Lift up that velvet rope. And oh, but it's pl- heavy. I'll help you. <laughs> Thank you. Please welcome from Denver, Colorado, in America, Alex McRitchie. Alex, Ooh. welcome. I feel a McRitchie for your presence. <laughs> Please also welcome from Crofton in maybe Maryland, Maryland, Maryland. MD. There's eight M's, so that's a, that always gets me. But uh, from Crofton, MD, it's Tora Houseman. Oh, welcome to the Houseman. From Tokyo and Japan, or what I learned is actually called Nippon. 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 Why do we call countries names that aren't their names? Sorry about that. Um. Uh, from Tokyo, it is Dan Ford. Dan Ooh, Ford. Looking forward to hanging out with you tonight. <laughs> From Esparto in California, United States. It's our mate, Nesta Guarajo. Oh, no. Nesta. Our good friend. I believe. It's Guijaro. Guijaro. Thank you. And uh, Nesta, my night has just got Besta yeah. since you've come in. Nesta, Nesta. This is what I, is my nickname for him. Nesta, Nesta, the child prodigy. And from Motherwell in Scotland. That's so funny. He's a very. He's so sweet. He's so he's so sweet, and he's gonna he's he's making films. Great. Uh, <laughs> he's he's making it happen. Love it. Look good uh, to hear. From Motherwell in Scotland, <laughs> Scott McFarlane. Oh, you're gonna go McFarlane in this place, mate, because you are <laughs> a legend. From Boroughville. How many are 
<laughs> in New South Wales, it's Owen Lednor. Ooh. I told you there's a few. Lednor. Well, let me lead you to the bar. <laughs> Buy you a drink, sir. Did you tell us what drinks they've got this week? Uh, ginger beer. Oh. Alcoholic ginger beer. Ooh. Nachos and ginger beer. Love that. I, I'm, I'm quite into it. I love an alcoholic or non-alcoholic ginger beer. Mm. I think I just like ginger beer. Yeah, I think you do. I think I do too. Uh, from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, the United States, Jason R. Ramsaran. <laughs> from Brooklyn, New York. Oh, hang on, let me just hey say, on, when no. he's into this bar, I will not Ramsaran away because... <laughs> <laughs> And I'm I ram, ram, I ram so ram away. Honestly, today you officially take the title of Pun King <laughs> off, off my shoulders. I never felt worthy of it, uh-huh. and today you've proven why you are the true king. Great to have raps Who else we got, sorry? Oh, this one I think is easier for you. From Brooklyn in New York in the United States, Adam King. Uh, Adam, it's great to meet you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, it's good to meet you. <laughs> what are you, some sort of prince? The champ is here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adam, what a cool guy. <laughs> and finally, from Charlotte in, oh dear, North Carolina. It's something I know about North Carolina that you might not be aware of. Uh, Michael Jordan played his high school college basketball there. And as a, <laughs> as a uh, uh, he wore his college shorts even when he played in the NBA for Chicago. So he was always wearing his blue North Carolina University shorts underneath his Chicago Bulls red shorts. Whoa. So he had to wear bigger Red <laughs> Bulls shorts. <laughs> I can smell my nachos, you fucker. <laughs> and he Shut had, up. He had to, so he, and it started a trend in basketball where everyone would wear bigger, baggier shorts. Oh, that's I need a fact. To that's a, if, you wanna, not, if you don't think that's a fun fact, you don't know fun facts. Uh, somehow this week you cr- uh, crowbar that into our web series episode. Yeah. So and keep an eye out for that. That uh, from Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. I'd Please. love to welcome If it's men. Michael Jordan, that'd be so good. Kendra Mickles. Oh. If I had a Mickles for every time, oh, I thought good. Kendra was great. Oh. I'd be rich. Welcome in. So welcome that huge crew. <laughs> there was a bit of a line out the front tonight. Oh, fantastic. Kendra, Adam, Jason, Owen, Scott, Nesta, Dan, Tora, and Alex. Thanks so much. Honestly, I cannot believe you guys would support the show for three straight years. It's... It's it's blown our humble little mind. So genuinely, uh, thank you so much. Mm. Thank you so much, legends one and all. Um, and that does really bring us to the end of this episode. Uh, Dave briefly mentioned we do have a web series going. Uh, it'll be linked in the show notes. Check it out on, on the stupid old channel, which is a YouTube channel. That's right. We've got two episodes left. Yeah. And we're doing for if you want to watch those two. Well, we have one, one we're left. Oh, yeah. We only got one left, so you want to watch the last premiere, we'll uh, check our social media for the exact time, but it'll probably be midnight Friday night, end of Friday, Melbourne time. Yep. Um, yeah, uh, but either way, watch them all. Please watch, share and whatnot. We put a bit of effort in, so <laughs> we suffered for our art. Now you have to, as <laughs> Tism on sang um, or said. Now, uh, anything else before we wrap up? I think no, so. Just hit up the website, dogoonpod.com. It's got all the links to the Patreon, mm. our social medias, all that sort of stuff. We'd love to, uh, yeah, love to hear from you. Awesome. Well, uh, until next week, I will say later. Bye. Goodbye. Nacho, nacho man. man. We're going to be a nacho man. Matt's ripping the bag open. Bye, everyone. <laughs> 
This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.